The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the 1995 Cinderella season for the Northwestern Wildcats. The big story of the 1995 season came from Northwestern, which owned a 46-203-4 record since its last winning season in 1971. The Wildcats entered the 1995 season with the second most losses in NCAA history. In a larger-than-life turnaround, Coach Gary Barnett led a one-loss Northwestern Wildcat team into the Rose Bowl. And, well, that one loss, it occurred in one weirdly wild game. This is the story of the 1995 Northwestern Wildcats, the season Coach Gary Barnett fashioned in an epic turnaround that led Northwestern to the Rose Bowl. Northwestern. Their first season was 1876, and other than Rutgers, this is the oldest Division I college football program in the history of college football. Only Rutgers, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and Columbia are older than the Northwestern Wildcats. They predate, by three years, the third and fourth oldest Division I schools, which are Michigan and Navy. Well, despite this, the Northwestern Wildcats as a program have no national championships and no Heisman Trophy winners. It's just hard to win for a coach in Northwestern. Poppy Waldoff posted a 63% winning percentage over a 32-year career, but won only 52% of his games at Northwestern. And he had Otto Graham as quarterback. Coach Lou Saban, well, he won two AFL championships, but went winless in his only season at Northwestern. Ara Parsegian, who went on to win two national championships at Notre Dame, posted an 0-9 record himself with his 1957 Northwestern team. The point is, it's just hard to win at Northwestern. So when the 1995 season rolled along, Coach Gary Barnett was in his fourth season as head coach at Northwestern, and he was eight wins, 24 losses, and one tie in those first three seasons. Now pay attention to this. In 1995, Northwestern's last winning season was 1971. In the 25 years since then, Since 1971 to 1995, Northwestern had not won more than four games in any season. From 1979 to 1982, there was a 34-game losing streak that the program posted. It was 36 years since Northwestern had beat both Notre Dame and Michigan in the same season. The last time Northwestern had gone to the Rose Bowl, well, that was 1949. And it was the only appearance ever for the program in a bowl. And in 1995... The Wildcats had a 22-game losing streak to Iowa, a 19-game losing streak to Michigan, and a 14-game losing streak to Notre Dame. So what does this all add up to? Well, at the beginning of the 1995 season, needless to say, 
Northwestern flew under the radar. So the first game was on September 2nd, 1995. And by that time, Notre Dame had the highest winning percentage of any major school, the most national championships of any major school, and the most Heisman winners. Northwestern, well, they were thought of as a perennial Big Ten doormat. Northwestern had one of the lowest winning percentages of any team and owned the Division 1A record for the most consecutive losses, 34. So it's no surprise that in the season opener against Notre Dame, the Wildcats were a 28-point underdog. So playing at Notre Dame, who were ranked number nine in the AP poll, Northwestern stunned the Irish, taking a 10-9 lead into halftime. In the third quarter, Northwestern went up 17-9 as tailback Darnell Autry broke two tackles and rushed 29 yards to position the wide receiver Dwayne Bates for his 26-yard touchdown catch. Well, Notre Dame came back in the fourth quarter. Tailback Randy Kidner scored with 6.15 left to go, but Notre Dame failed on a two-point conversion. The Wildcats now up 17-15. The Wildcat defense then held Notre Dame in check as the Wildcats stunned Notre Dame 17-15. This ended Northwestern's 14-game losing streak to Notre Dame. It was one of the biggest upsets in the history of college football. And the win propelled them to number 25 in the AP poll. So the following week, Northwestern entered their game against Miami of Ohio, number 25 in the nation, and a 17-point favorite. Now, on the second play of the game, Northwestern's long snapper, his name was Pat Janis, was injured. And few in the stands really took note of the impact of the moment. Northwestern went on to build a 21-0 second-quarter lead. But late in the first half, the backup snapper uh, snapped an awkward snap to the punter, and the Miami linebacker, D. Osborne, blocked the punt and ran it in 10 yards for a touchdown. So at halftime, the score was 21-7. Northwestern added a touchdown in the third quarter, so in the fourth quarter, it seemed that they were cruising. Northwestern was up 28-7. Moreover, Miami was playing its backup quarterback. His name was Sam Ricketts because the first-string quarterback in the first half got injured. Well, Sam Ricketts led a 23-point fourth-quarter rally for Miami of Ohio to stage a stunning comeback upset over the Wildcats. It all culminated when Northwestern was up 28-27 to with one minute remaining. And Pat Burton, who was one of college football's best punters, was back at his own goal line. But he was unable to field a low snap from the long snapper. Miami took over with 43 seconds to play. Miami ran the clock down, kicked a 20-yard field goal, and just like that, Northwestern had lost its first game of the season. The poor snaps by the backup snapper actually did lead directly to two Miami touchdowns that day in a wildly weirdly game. Well, game three saw Northwestern, now unranked, play Air Force. They went up 10 to nothing in the first quarter and at halftime led 16 to 6. They coasted, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter to win the game 30 to 6. So, now 2 and 1, Northwestern faced Indiana. Northwestern went up 10 to 7 at halftime. 21-7 by the end of the third quarter and won that game 31-7. So the following week, October 7th, 1995, Northwestern was now backed in the top 25 in the AP poll. They were number 25 and they faced number seven, Michigan. Please put this in perspective. Lyndon Johnson was president the last time Northwestern had beaten Michigan. The Wolverines, though, had four turnovers and six penalties and the Northwestern kicker kicked four field goals. And the fullback, Matt Hardell, with a short fourth quarter touchdown pass from Steve Schur propelled the victory. Their linebacker, Northwestern's linebacker, was named Pat Fitzgerald. He would go on to become their coach in the future. He had 14 tackles that day. 
Northwestern won that game 19 to 13, and it ended Northwestern's 19-game losing streak to Michigan. Well, the following week, the now number 14 Northwestern Wildcats faced Minnesota. The game was tied at halftime 14 to 14 before Northwestern pulled away in the second half to win 27 to 17. The following week, Northwestern, now number 11, faced number 24, Wisconsin, in a battle of the Big Ten that had implications for the remainder of the season. It turned out to be not much of a battle at all. Northwestern went up 10 to nothing at the end of the first quarter and cruised to a 35 to nothing shutout of Wisconsin. So as a result, Northwestern went to number eight in the nation and they faced Illinois. And the Wildcats fell behind 14 to nothing. Quarterback Scott Weaver and running back Robert Holcomb each scored a touchdown for the Illini. But Northwestern came back with 10 points in the second quarter to cut the deficit to 14 to 10. Then in the fourth quarter, Northwestern scored a touchdown to take a 17 to 14 lead with just over a minute remaining in the game. Northwestern won 17 to 14. So the following week, they faced Penn State. This was their biggest home game since 1962 when they faced Notre Dame. Northwestern was number six in the country, Penn State number 12. Northwestern jumped out seven to nothing, jumped out early on Penn State and increased the lead to 14 to nothing in the second quarter. But what happened was Penn State scored in the closing seconds of the first half to cut the score to 14 to seven. In the third quarter, Penn State added a field goal. Now it's 14 to 10. But in the fourth quarter, Northwestern put together an 80-yard touchdown drive, and Darnell Autry ran a touchdown in to make the score 21 to 10, and Northwestern won. The following week, Northwestern, now number five in the nation, faced Iowa. Iowa jumped out with a 20-point second quarter to take a 20-17 to lead into halftime. But in the second half, Northwestern put together two touchdowns to pull away from Iowa, 31-20. to This ended Northwestern's 22-game losing streak against Iowa. Well, the last week of the regular season saw Northwestern face a Purdue team. But Northwestern jumped up 23 to nothing by the end of three quarters to cruise to a 23 to 8 victory. So now Northwestern was 10 and 1, but not Rose Bowl bound, because Ohio State, if they were to beat Michigan, would go to the Rose Bowl. See, the reason was Ohio State at the time was undefeated, and Northwestern had one loss. But Michigan defeated Ohio State 31 to 23. As a result, Northwestern was off to the Rose Bowl. So on January 1st, 1996, the media had gone absolutely berserk over this game. Cinderella Northwestern was to play USC. Each team on their opening drive scored a touchdown. So by the end of the first quarter, it was 7-7. USC increased the lead to 17-7 late in the second quarter, but the Wildcats wide receiver, Brian Musso, took a pass over the middle but cocked up the ball. The Trojan defensive back, scooped it up and ran 53 yards for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, USC was up 24-7. to At halftime, the score was 24-10. to But in the third quarter, all changed. Darnell Autry scored to put the Wildcats within 24-19. to Keyshawn Johnson then scored a touchdown, but Northwestern came back with a touchdown of their own. And when Darnell Autry scored his third touchdown of the day, all of a sudden, a stunned Rose Bowl crowd so Northwestern lead 32 to 31 early in the fourth quarter. Northwestern now down 32 to 31, kicked a field goal to take a 34-32 lead. On the next drive, Northwestern's quarterback overthrew a wide open fullback. And as a result, USC intercepted the ball and just set up a touchdown for USC. USC went up 41 to 32, and that's how the score remained at the end of the day. USC had defeated Northwestern 
41 to 32 to end the Cinderella season. Now, it, it is tempting to ask what might have been the case had Northwestern not lost to Miami of Ohio earlier in the season. They would have entered the Rose Bowl undefeated. And in the Rose Bowl, they could have been playing for what would have been a share of the national title. I mean, it's a little far-fetched. The other team they were up against was the 95 Cornhuskers, one of the greatest teams in the history of college football. Aftermath. Well, as the 1995 season came to an end, it should have really been remembered as the year of the Cornhusker. Because the 1995 Cornhuskers, they were one of the greatest teams in college football history. It was the year of Tommy Frazier and Danny Walfall, Keyshawn Johnson, Teddy Bruschi, Troy Davis and his 2,000-yard season, and Heisman winner Eddie George. But that's not how history remembers it. Not at all. Northwestern, coached by Gary Barnett, who had won multiple Coach of the Year awards, led a Cinderella team into the Rose Bowl. Steve Schur, Darnell Autry, and linebacker Pat Fitzgerald, who would later become the Northwestern coach, who had won the Butts and Nagurski Award, and who had been the National Defensive Player of the Year, all stole the headlines. The 1995 Northwestern Wildcats finished the season 10-2, and and it was an epic turnaround, coming out of nowhere. As the season before, the Wildcats had posted a 3-7-1 record. Against all odds, defying a last winning season since 1971, defying a team that had not won more than four games since 1971, defying the odds to beat both Notre Dame and Michigan in the same year. It had been 36 years, defying the statement that the last Rose Bowl they played in was 1949, defying a 22-game losing streak to Iowa, 19-game losing streak to Michigan, and a 14-game losing streak to Notre Dame, defying all odds. The Northwestern Wildcats came out of nowhere when 10 and 1 in the regular season and had clung to a fourth quarter lead against USC in the Rose Bowl. This was the story of the 1995 Northwestern Wildcats. The season coach Gary Barnett constructed an epic turnaround and led Northwestern to the Rose Bowl. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.